Sure. Just I would like to mention also because we're talking about the life, which is obviously probably the most important, but there's also rugby involved, uh, obviously. So culturally, also, you need to understand that uh, being in a friend changing room is another world. G can say like uh, for, for some, depending again on where you come from, but the players are coming in the morning and they say hello to everybody, each person individually, which is not the case in all of the countries. So that might sound weird. So some guys are going to kiss each other on, on, on the cheeks. And that might sound funny for certain guys. <laughs> I look funny, sorry. Um, the French people are very emotional. Welcome to my podcast, Coach G, transforming athletes and purpose-driven people. The goal of my show is to inspire rugby players, athletes and everyday people so that you can chase your goals, overcome those obstacles, turn your vision into a reality. I'll be inviting unbelievable guests in the world of sports as well as the corporate space, sharing their tools and their knowledge on performance, mindset, mental resilience and entrepreneurship. I am your host. Coach G. Gertrude Stienkamp. I'm a former international rugby player and World Cup winner with South Africa in 2007. I've been retired since 2017 from the game of rugby and today I'm a professional rugby and scrum coach. I am passionate about helping rugby players improve their performance on the rugby field as well as front row rugby players to dominate the scrum. Another passion of mine is to help people develop mental resilience so that they can transform physically, mentally, and emotionally. And every single week, I'll be launching two new episodes. On Tuesday, it will be a Q&A interview with an unbelievable athlete or a specialist in the corporate world. And on Fridays, it will be my solo episode where I'll be sharing my knowledge and experience in elite sports, but also life in general. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 13 of my podcast, Coach G. I'm really looking forward to chatting with today's guest. He's one of my best friends. Unbelievable man. He was my agent as a professional rugby player and he helped me build my business here in France as a retired athlete and now he is still my agent as a professional rugby coach. Damon has been an agent since 2011 and he has over 10 years of experience in the game of rugby and he has always had a different approach to his clients because he values the human relationship and he goes above and beyond to help his players and his coaches. For him, it's all about getting the best out of them and providing them with the tools. And that's why I'm so excited to have a great chat with him today to hopefully answer some of your guys' questions. So if you want to be playing in France or coaching in France, I will advise you to tune in and take some notes. Right, everyone, welcome to my podcast, Coach G. I got my good friend, Damien Dusso, my longtime friend here in Toulouse. He has joined us today to share some unbelievable information about playing rugby in France. I've been receiving a lot of uh, questions from rugby players all over the world, foreigners, as we call them, 
that would love to play in France, but it's not that easy. And I thought instead of just talking a bunch of nonsense, I thought I'd invite my man himself. Damn man, welcome, brother. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right, G. Thank you for inviting me uh, to your podcast. Now, awesome, awesome. Looking forward to this chat, man. I, can, I can't wait for us to have a good braai again. You know, a few good steaks, some nice rosé. That would be awesome. <laughs> all right, so Damien, you know... Problem. <laughs> so right Damien thanks for joining us man looking forward to chatting about you and I just want to say just off the cuff thanks for everything you have done for me as well you are my agent as well thanks I do appreciate that and uh, looking forward to the new journey as well as a coach so thanks for all your support so for those of you that are listening in Damien has helped me post career as well which has given me the tools as well and he's the one that pushed me as well to finish my business degree at uh, Toulouse Business School. So thanks for that, Damien. All right, Damien, so if you can just give yourself a brief introduction to the audience listening today. I know you've been a journalist before. Can you just tell us where you're from and how you became an agent? Uh, well, to make a long story short, uh, I became an agent back then in 2010. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a, also a journey. Um, I'm uh, now 37, so I was uh, fairly young agent at the time I became, I became one. Uh, what was the idea behind that? Obviously, I was a journalist and uh, I was chatting to a lot of players, agents, clubs to have information, to have a signing and everything. Uh, there's a lot of stories about the, around the movie, Jerry Maguire. And um, I, I thought just uh, I wanted to just to be in there and to, to try to help guys to achieve their goals in their career and just started like this. I worked uh, for... For a little while um, uh, in an agency, actually for five months, I didn't really like the way they under the, the business. So I left and I created my, my own agency uh, in 2011. And, uh, and, and since then, it's been a, a long but a very nice journey and a, and a very good story. But we're going to share some stories together with you, G. Now, awesome, Damien. So before we get stuck into this conversation, uh, we've been working together for years now as well. And you have worked with some great players as well. Is there a few players that you can mention that you have worked with in the past and currently? Well, in the past, I'm going to obviously give you um, uh, more, more foreign names uh, because we, this is our, our topic. Uh, well, the first one uh, I've worked with was Byron Killier, um, the ex uh, All Black Scrum Half. I've worked with, uh, with you, obviously, uh, <laughs> as uh, one of the greatest. Uh, I've, I've worked uh, or worked with uh, Paul Williams that played at Stade Francais, that was uh, the captain of Samoa. I've worked with Mornestein, uh, Jan Overmark, Semi Kunatani, um, Scott Lavala, uh, Max Laif. Um, well, and the, the last one uh, to be on the process to join France uh, next season is uh, Tima Gamba, that is currently at the Bulls and that's going to join uh, Carcassonne next season. Oh, awesome, awesome. For, yeah, you guys probably know. Uh... Max Lahif, he went viral recently. Damon, I think you were behind it, but we'll get stuck into that a little bit later. You know, so Damon, you know, the whole goal of this topic is about educating players. And um, I know you give me sometimes grief about what I'm doing on social media. Say, gee, you're crazy. What is all this nonsense you are doing? But for me, it's all about educating players, giving them the right information, because we've seen too often players coming to France and they were not given the right information, and they don't have any idea what is waiting for them. So I want us to have a nice chat tonight and just talk about how things work in France, what's happening, what players can expect. And I think to kick this topic off, 
a lot of players want to come play in France. They want to come play in Pro D2. They want to play in top 14. And it's just not that easy. All right. So can you maybe give us a few ways of how players can actually come to France and play? Because it's not just that simple, okay, I want to play in France and that's it. I mean, first, uh, well, as uh, to talk a bit about regulation, and I think that's important to to use an agent to come uh, play in France. You need to work with uh, registered French agents. So you might have a you might have an agent in your country, whatever country it is, but it needs to work with somebody, or you need to work directly with a French registered agent. Uh, me, I work directly with players. I don't work with any. Uh, agents overseas, and I'll explain later, later why, because it's one of the key points of that conversation with Yuji. Um, I think it, is to, it has to be the right timing in your career, and you need to know why you're coming. I mean, as a player first for your career, but also as a person, especially um, it's harder when you have a family. So you need to know also if it does match your, your family goals, if it does match uh, the schooling for your kids, uh, the lifestyle for for your for your wife or, or your partner, um, and you need to obviously work with somebody in France because you need to be aware of what is the market situation, uh, what type of clubs you can target, whether it's top fourteen, pro D two, national. Um, it's very important to know uh, what you're looking for first in terms of your career, in terms of clubs and everything. Obviously, there's way more environment, city contract and everything but first you, you need to really have that goal uh, I think and uh, because it's a very difficult one uh, decision to it's a very difficult de decision to make uh, I think well G you can share well what's been your experience when, when you had the, the offer from Toulouse uh, and also the times where, when you extended your contract and stuff like this it's um, it's each individual has to make a choice for himself his family his well-being his career so there's a lot of uh, topics or a lot of things to take into consideration, but I'd like you, G, to to say what was your position when when you were like, okay, am I going or am I not going? Yeah, definitely. It's funny you mentioned that. I mean, it's actually a lot of people ask me why did I make the move to France? Why did I come here? You know, um, I experienced some tough times in South Africa as a Springbok. It wasn't always that easy. Experienced a lot of pressure, and uh, no matter the setback, I almost I always came back. I always fought back. But 2010, uh, you know, was one of my greatest years in South Africa. I was elected player of the year, even though the Springboks weren't doing that well that year. And uh, I was looking for a different challenge. You know, I just felt that I've reached my plateau. I've reached my limit. I needed something different. You know, I was playing Super Rugby in and out. I was starting every single game. And I wanted a different challenge. And I wanted to experience a different culture. And I wanted to learn the French language. That's why I decided to come to Toulouse. That's why I decided to come to France. Obviously, they window dressed it nicely, you know, come to Toulouse. You've got the mountains, you've got the ocean, you've got Spain, Barcelona, three and a half hours away. So obviously they sold it very well, but it wasn't that easy uh, when I arrived, but we'll dig into that deeper. But I think, Damien, you know, the big thing is that players think it's just about sending a highlights package if you can just maybe give some concrete tips, if players want to come play in France, obviously they have to work through a French agent. And we you touch based on that, that that's sometimes very complex. But how can they be noticed? How can they get onto the radar of French clubs? What would you suggest okay. to them? There are different situations. I'd say uh, 
some players get just uh, noticed because they are some of the best uh, on the international stage. And that, that, that is uh, probably the easiest way. After, um, I'd say, there's, um, there are certain positions uh, where in France we don't have uh, a lot of players or a lot of quality players or a lot of natural bodies, should I say. We don't have a lot of uh, uh, big, tall locks. We don't have a lot of eight men. We don't have a lot of tighted props. Uh, obviously, if you look at top 14 and Pro D2, those are the, the, the positions where you where you'll find a lot of foreigners. And after, I'd say, if you want, if you want to be noticed, one of the things, uh, besides if you already play in Europe, let's say in the UK or in Italy, if you play in the Southern Hemisphere especially, we don't work on the same season. So our season basically starts officially the 1st of July pre-season and finish 30th of June. So you need to think that if you want to come start August, September, one year before you're going to play your probably first official game, you need to already think, I want to go next season. I need to talk to an agent. I need to have information. I need to be in the market because we have a salary cap as well, which is important to, to be said. So there's a, there's a limit uh, of uh, what can be offered. And uh, obviously now we have the GIF system. Uh, I guess we'll develop a bit after, after about it, but uh, there is a limitation of the amount of uh, foreigners that can come into a French club, which is another difficulty. So if you really want to come you, you need to concretely to answer, yes, you need a good highlights package to have full game, CV and everything, but you need information. You need somebody you trust that, that is in France. Uh, somebody from uh, another country is not on the, on the pitch and talking to all the clubs and everything and know what, what they need and what they're looking for, what type of profile of player, what type of personality what type, what position or whatever. So you need somebody you talk to to have the right information because sometimes I can say personally as an agent, this is not the right time for you in your career, maybe, because then we talk about it. Or this is not the right time in the market because the market, maybe uh, you are, let's say, uh, an outside center, as an example. And maybe in that season, I know that a lot of clubs have outside centers already at their club in their squad that have signed long-term contracts. So there's not so many positions and it's going to get harder for you. And sometimes uh, trying to push a wall is, uh, is a bit hard. Maybe you need, just need to be a bit more patient. Stay, maybe have another step uh, in your country or another club or maybe same club and come later on. This is something you can plan long before, I think. Yeah. No, no, it's not easy, Damon. I don't think there's a very simple answer. I always tell players, you know, if you want to play in France, firstly, you've got to perform whichever country in and I always thought it's always good for players to, you know to share some of the clips on social media I think it's a great way you never know you can go viral you get onto the radar and I think it's always about you know building relationships you know getting into contact with people you know in France either former teammates or players that you know just to try and do some research and see what's happening and you just might stumble across someone that can possibly help you because Often we do know that sometimes agents have the ability to bring it to France and other times clubs will target you directly. So I always tell players, make sure you're performing, that you are standing out. That's normally the best way. And just a highlights package is great to have, but it's not always the way in. So you need to make sure you have that point of difference. I mean, if I take myself before 2010, I always wanted to come to France since the World Cup in 2007. 
but it wasn't that easy. And it was only until 2010 when I had my best year in Super Rugby that French clubs actually contact me. So my advice, Damien, normally to players is just perform, just stand out, just dominate in whichever team you're playing. And those type of things will happen naturally. So, Damon, I want us to move on. We've got a lot to cover, little time. So you've touched base on it, you know, the GIF system. It um, is a massive thing in France at the moment. The, the GIF quota, you can maybe give us detail on the different numbers. And there has been a lot of criticism. Honestly, I agree with it. Because when I arrived in France, we were like four or five foreigners. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have so many foreigners in a team that you've got foreign-based players can't even speak the French language. And that's so important to, to learn the French language. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But if you can explain to us how the GIF system works, because sometimes players don't understand and they get frustrated and they start to doubt this in themselves, saying, oh, I'm not good enough. French teams won't even take me. The GIF system is there and it's not going to go anywhere because it's starting to pay dividends and the French team is really doing well and we're seeing winning the European Cup, the Heineken Cup. So, Damon, if you could just give us more information on the GIF system, how, what does it stand for the word GIF and what are the current rules and protocols? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you exactly what means GIF, uh, the, the, the proper words in French, because you guys won't understand, unfortunately. They made it very complicated, but that's very French. Um, GIF means sort of um, uh, French form players. So there's two ways to be considered as a GIF. It's not about the passport, and that's very important to understand. Um, you as a GIF, because you, you've been playing in any club in France for at least five years before age 21, can be amateur level, or you spend three years in uh, the academy of one of the top 14 or Pro D2 club. Uh, before age 23. So that's why also you see a lot of young foreigners uh, coming to academies because after, after three years, they considered as GIF, uh, which, is, uh, which is obviously easier for clubs. Why is it easier for clubs? So from uh, next season, 21-22, so only six non-GIF players are going to be allowed on the team sheet and only 14 in the squad, academy included, meaning... Well, if you think about with academy, it's 14 foreigners or non-GIF players out of probably 50, 55 maybe players per club, So, which is not a lot. So obviously clubs are looking to make sure if they take a foreigner, a non-GIF player, that is going to add quality or is a profile that they can't find in France. Or if no, it doesn't really make sense to them. And obviously now there's a bit of not politic, but I'd say a bit of a trend. A lot of coaches like to say, oh, I'm playing more GIFs than the other coach uh, because they want to be part also of the French history of uh, forming players or playing players to give them opportunity to play for our national team. Yeah, I think it's important for players to know as well, especially when they are in France. A lot of players get frustrated because when there are injuries in a team in France, that actually makes it a bit more complicated for foreigners actually to get game time because... Um, they need to look at the chief quota. So what's the current status at the moment on the match 23, Damien? Six next season. It was seven this season. So seven in the starting lineup? It has to be, sorry. So to explain properly, it's seven on the team sheet, non-GIF, as an average. Okay. Meaning you can choose to play 10 one game and four another game and you'll be on the, on the average. If clubs don't respect that rule, they don't get basically the, the money 
from uh, the LNR and the FFR uh, at the end of the season, so which is a, a big loss for a Pro D2 club, a smaller loss for a top 14 club. But now, what changed from this season, it's been a bit, um, how can I say, not that hard because they, they've been uh, cooler because of, uh, of COVID, obviously. Uh, but what changed is now you're going to lose points at the end of the season. So maybe you don't make top six or you don't win a title or you go down because you, you haven't played enough uh, GIF players. Awesome, Damien. Let's just move quickly on to a lighter note quickly right now. So, you know, the French language is like, this is one of your favorite sayings, c'est compliqué. All right. It's a very complicated language. I remember when I was in the World Cup in 2011, <laughs> when I was in the World Cup in 2011, um, I was doing online courses. I was using Rosetta Stone. And, you know, when I came to France, I thought, okay, I could speak the language, but man, I was struggling. I was struggling. The language is very key. It's important for the communication with your teammates. I remember those awkward moments. I used to get to the club, bonjour, bonjour, ça va, ça va, and then just awkward. You couldn't speak and couldn't continue the conversation. So now, obviously, we've seen with a, a bigger influx of players, foreign players into France, and uh, we see that players are making less and less of an effort learning the language. Some players are just coming here to earn a decent salary, all right? So there's no, serves no purpose beating around the bush. But what would your advice be and to players about the French language and the importance of it? I see a lot of players that are going when they know when they know they're gonna come and they, and it's getting concrete that that wants to take lessons whether it's online or with a teacher in their country, and uh, I'm not saying it's not uh, it's not good, but I'm saying uh, and you've experienced it. It's not really good when you're not in the country. You can't really learn so many like just to have a few words maybe to get by is is good. French people can be uh, fairly rude when you're not showing that you're trying to speak their language. Um, uh, it depends. It depends how, how easy it can be. I've seen players. I won't say names on those ones that uh, tried so hard and they couldn't speak a word. It doesn't come out. And I've seen players that are very good, like UG, you, your French became great. And I think it, it took a bit of time in the beginning, yeah. but you, you worked hard on the on the software Rosetta Stone. And I mean, you made a big effort also on uh, mingling with the, with the French players, which is uh, very important. And you came with your family, so you wanted to help them out mm -hmm. when it comes to even simple stuff, when you go to a shop or, or, or anything. Um, and no, it, it always makes me remember Paul Williams because uh, he was lucky enough, his wife could speak French before they arrived, so he didn't really have to make re really thought. She was explaining everything to him, which is the coolest situation ever. But uh, it's one out of him of a million, I guess. Um, I think, you know, Damien, I think it's so important, to, especially for those coming over with families. Um, you know, if your kids go to school, you need to communicate with other parents as well. You know, it... It's so important. You need to make an effort. You know, um, live the and say in the beginning, you're outside of Toulouse. And you remember this local bar, the drop-in. We've had some good court de buffs over there. Some good nights as well. And um, <laughs> and I actually remember like the people, this is the great thing. You know, the people, they actually had this little game in the beginning, Damien. They said, okay, if Stan come, comes into the pub, all right, if he says a new phrase in French, you buy him a drink. So there was some motivation, but the great thing about that was 
Having a place to go to was a pub. It could be a coffee shop. It doesn't really matter. But going to a place, getting to meet people, especially not in your rugby circle. I think that's so important to make friends in your community where you're living in, get to know them and actually to connect with someone like, okay, and that's how it started. You know, you remember Patrick, the owner of La Dropping. I would go there in the mornings just to have a coffee, not a beer, a coffee. And I would say, okay, Patrick, how do you say this in French? Come on, on this en français. And that's how I started learning, you know. And uh, now my learning still continues. The only difference is now, now it's my kids. And I often my kids are saying to me, oh, Papa, to say, Papa, fallait français. Okay, they say uh, stuff like that. So they're making fun of me now. But it's so important that you learn different. I remember going to a boulanger. So I was quite chuffed, Damien, and I was saying, okay, je voudrais un pain au chocolat, s'il vous plaît. Oh, the lady, she lost it. On n'est pas à Paris, c'est Toulouse. It's chocolatine. <laughs> so, you know, it's all these small things you don't even know. So um, I always tell players, you know, like you mentioned, get someone that's on the ground, speak to them, understand what the culture is all about. I think it's so important. You need to embrace that culture. So, Damien, quickly, while we're on that, French culture is different, all right? We know that, you know, and I want you to share a bit about the people. You know, the biggest thing that struck me is, is that you guys don't work between 12 and 2. And I would remember I would be injured, I want physio treatment, and I would go to the kiné, the kiné as we call them in France. I would say, oh, I need a session, can you just work? Uh, I can see you at 12.30. He's like, oh, no, I don't work. I'm like, what do you mean why you don't work? You work at the club. You need to help the players. And they would say to me, uh, oh, no, between, uh, gee, between uh, 12 and 2, nobody works in France. Eh? <laughs> nobody works. Shops are closed on Sundays, all those type of things. But I've got a two-part question for you, Damien. So obviously, the French culture is different. What can players expect when they come to France? Well, they can expect uh, in a way different world, depending on where they're coming from. But... Uh... Again, uh, let me, well, I, I'll start with that again. And it's not to make my job more important than what it is. That's why you need somebody you trust that's in France, because you need to understand certain stuff. I'm going to give a, a recent example, um, a name I, I said earlier, Chimagamba. So we're looking for a place now for him um, in Carcassonne. So I send him a few. Uh, so I look for him and I send him uh, some places, uh, things that can be good. And uh, he's sending me uh, that, that, that's very small. Yes, for South African persons that might sound small, but for French persons that just normal or already already fairly big, uh, I, I, I told him it's a good example. I told him I advised him to live in the city center. Well, he's uh, he's thirty one, single. So I said, just live in the city center. Go have a, now that uh, it's reopened. Uh, go to a coffee shop. Have your coffee on day offs. Try to mingle with people. Try to understand. Uh, the culture, the history of the city and everything. For me, the, the important part in terms of culture is just no one thing. It's different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Sometimes I've seen foreigners not accepting it. And sometimes being very easy with that, it depends. It's cultural as well, I guess, from where, where you're coming from. But uh, I'd give an example without giving the name again, but an experience you've lived with me, G, where with... Uh, Another guy coming from South Africa in a very nice restaurant of meat. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the other player actually pissed off the owner because the guy was, it's the meat, 
he's doing himself. It's probably the best meat we've ever had, G, G can say. And the guy is asking for ketchup. So the, the owner was feeling very offended by that. And just because for a South African person, the taste of the meat is just different. So, and that, that was quite funny, but the guy felt really offended by the situation. So he gave some ketchup and luckily he had some, it was not even sure he could, he had some, but I, I mean, when you travel, you need to accept it's going to be different. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you there, but don't forget, he also asked the steak, well done. <laughs> so don't forget that, continue. So no, yes, well, to finish the story, I asked it for well done when, when uh, in France, it's not really well accepted. We say that uh, if, you, if you love meat, you need to like it uh, almost raw. So, <laughs> the guy didn't understand at all. He was like, why is the guy coming to my restaurant if he, if he doesn't like it? So, but long, long story short, to, to come back on the, on the cultural uh, aspect, yes, when I say you need somebody on the, on the ground, whether it's not necessarily an agent, it can be a friend you know already, but I'm talking about a French person that can explain to you in your own language to say, this is how it's going to work. Um, it can be surprising um, uh, when you're going to settle in, for example, the way, the way the house is, um, the way you receive the... Uh, you can share the story also on uh, when you receive the furnitures uh, to put together by yourself. Oh, man. Uh, there's, there's, there's so many small things, but those details are key because for me, in your experience, if those first three to six months are bad, it's going to make it very bad because you as a player, you want to give your best on the pitch. But if, especially if you have a family, you come back home and maybe your wife's going to say, oh, but we don't have yet internet and... Uh, um, I, I don't want to, I would like to do a, I don't know, a Zoom call or Skype or whatever with my mom, but we don't have internet yet at home and everything. But you, you've been chosen by, by a coach and you want to prove him he made the right choice. So you, you come back home exhausted and your wife has been waiting for you to come back the whole day and say, hey, we don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have this, we don't have that. So you need from day one to have everything fairly right, I think, and that's very important. Uh, and, and again, when it comes to culture, you need to be explained things. Some clubs, most of the clubs, to be honest, don't do much. Some clubs are very good at explaining, but uh, it's like uh, explaining wh when there's a bank holiday. You don't know when, when, it's, a, when, it's, a, when it's a public holiday. So you, you need, for me, as an agent, I tell players the day before, foreigners on their first year, don't bring your kids at school tomorrow. There's no school. Or, or a bit before in the week, say, be careful, the, the shops are going to be closed. So if you need to buy groceries or whatever, do, do it before. So it's a lot of details, but those details make the life very nice because the lifestyle in France is mm. great. It can be very awful because you feel you don't understand anything that's happening. Now, Damien, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, um, you know, firstly, guys, I need to tell you the story. So I uh, organized all my furniture to be delivered a day before my parents arrived in France. I came alone and um, I thought, okay, great. I'm just going to put everything in the house, move it around. And when they delivered it the day before, everything was in boxes. So I had to assemble all my furniture. I didn't even have no idea. I went to the shop called Alinea and I saw the table. I want this table, I want this bed, I want that. So in my mind, as I was seeing it on display, that's how it would pitch up at my house. And guys, I'm going to lie to you. I was... I had to hit a bit of a depression when I saw all that boxes. I had to ask my man Gary Boota to help. He was my neighbor. 
and uh, we obviously assembled all that furniture with a few beers and obviously there were a few mistakes on that one. But Damon, you know, it's so true that you, that you mentioned that about simple things like Wi-Fi, internet. There's so many things that need to be put into place, which is important. And what players don't understand, when you're coming over with a partner, they need to be looked after because if they are not looked after, that's going to influence your performance at training. You can't be focused there. So that needs to be done correctly. So, Damon, over to you quickly. All right, then I, we need to get through a few more points. Sure. Just I would like to mention also, because we're talking about the life, which is obviously probably the most important, but there's also rugby involved, uh, obviously. So culturally, also, you need to understand that being in a friend changing room is another world. G can say like uh, for, for some, depending again on where you come from, but the players are coming in the morning and they say hello to everybody, each person individually, which is not the case in all of the countries. So that might sound weird. So some guys are going to kiss each other on, on, on the cheeks. And that might sound funny for certain guys. <laughs> I look funny, sorry. Um, French people are very emotional, especially in rugby. So I remember to, to make, uh, to give an example. I always remember to give an example of players. It's uh, Gerard Mostert explained his first uh, game at Stade Francais when the, the captain was basically, um, how you say, um, giving a big knock on the chest of each player to motivate them. So it was like feeling stressed about taking that big knock on the chest and feeling like that guy is going to really knock me before the game. <laughs> and actually, yes, this is how, how sometimes a captain can motivate, uh, especially the forwards. And you need to understand that the coaching is different. The strength and conditioning training is different. And you need to understand that you're going to have to adapt between who you are and they chose you for the player you are and your qualities and what they expect. And you need to be in between because you're going to train differently, but you still have to give the same level of performance. So that, that does require uh, preparation, at least mentally, to know that you, you're going to expect uh, just to be in a different environment and you are, you're going to have to be more mature, if I, if I may say it this way. Yeah, definitely, Damon. Actually, I was about to go on to that, talking about the rugby cultures. You jumped the gun there. <laughs> yeah. But I know you got a lot of information to, to, to share. You know, that's so important. I take myself when I arrived as well. I came from a structured environment. Uh, training was structured. The game plan was structured. And where it was more French flair, you know, the way to lose play. And it, it was difficult for me to understand that. And just things are done, done differently. And, I, and I'm... I share this openly in the beginning. I was trying to fight it. No, this must change. We must do that. We must do this. But when I made peace that this is just the way it works and to find myself within their system, it just went so much better. And you need to understand there's a different way of doing things. There's a lot of emotion. And sometimes the coaches can really go hard at you. So like Especially the Southern Hemisphere players, we're not used to that. We're not used to being told how bad you are. How, how poorly you played in front of your teammates. That has happened to me. You know, I've been told before how bad I am. I'm the worst player in the team and all this stuff. And I've never experienced that in my career. Whenever I performed poorly, my coaches would sit with me, explain to me. But that's France. It's different. And I always tell players, you need to embrace the culture. That's so important. You need to make the effort. But the big thing is, what I always tell players is, in terms of the French culture in France, is that you need to adapt 
And I, the one thing a lot of players do struggle with, Damien, is their fitness. First season, they're great. Second season, they do take a dip. So I will advise foreigners, you need to train differently. What worked for you in the Southern Hemisphere or whichever club you played in the Northern Hemisphere might not necessarily work for you in France. And you need to make sure that maybe sometimes, Damien, you'll have to do extras because we have seen in the past the second season of foreigners they take a dip because they slip into that cool regime. I believe French players have this natural fitness. They, it's just natural. They don't have to train a lot to, to dominate and produce, even though some coaches might disagree. But I do believe you need to find a space as well where you can do your extras and stay on top because otherwise you can just go back into that comfort zone, just enjoying life in France. That's also what I warn players. Don't get too comfortable enjoying the lifestyle. Make sure you have certain things that can keep you accountable. I don't know what your thoughts on that, Damien. Well, well there's, um, uh, let's take uh, you, you, you yourself. You, you're a good example, G. Um, obviously, uh, when Statuza signed, you signed the best player of the year in South Africa. So they, they consider that they're paying uh, one of the best players in the world. So And there's a big difference also because in France, there's a lot of clubs that are privately owned. So, and those private owners, they consider, okay, I'm giving you money, so you have to give me uh, for that money on the pitch. So that's why there's not so much time to uh, adapt or anything. There's a big difference, I'd say, not with, uh, with the UK, because those are the same conditions, but for guys that have only played in the Southern Hemisphere, it's much more difficult because we play under different conditions in terms of the weather. Um, and culturally, also, it's different, like... Uh, uh, a lot of foreigners have said to me, uh, don't understand for in France, it's different to play at home or away. So, and uh, I hear a player telling me, uh, I don't understand, same ball, same pitch, same team. I don't, no, no, no. In France, we consider that when you play home, you are 16, not 15. When you, when you, play, when you play away, they are 16 and you're only 15, obviously with the fans. So it's cultural. You, you cannot really explain that, but there's a feeling that sometimes you should play a game away and... Uh, you feel that vibe that the team is going to lose anyway. They're going to lose the game or they're going to, to say, okay, well, we'll give it all. But uh, if, we, if we lose, it's not really important. Um, but again, on, in terms of adaptation, I think that's where I believe it's easier to come to France when you're more mature. You know your body, you know what you need also in terms of training because you're going to have to adapt to a system of training. Not only the strength and conditioning, you're going to need to adapt to a way of playing. I'd say uh, Anglo-Saxon countries mainly are playing uh, what I call system rugby with a, with a frame that's very uh, uh, strict in terms of where you have to go on the pitch and everything. Where, where, when, uh, when in France, uh, some clubs uh, are just playing, uh, they say, okay, we, you adapt with uh, what you have in front of you uh, and, and it's not really organized. So you need to believe in your own qualities and play a certain type of rugby and know that the expectation is going to be high for a foreigner because they consider that they, you take the spot of a French person in a way that can sound bad, but that's the reality of how it is in clubs. And you need to be aware of that, that first game, you need to pitch up. First training, you need to pitch up and you need to show them that you're not taking the spot of anybody. They chose you for a reason. And... Uh, just to give a bit of uh, feedback and that might make uh, 
Love G, but his first game was against Stade Francais. And, uh, well, he did pitch up, but the one he gave a hard time was actually Gerard Mostert, because I don't know why, but they kind of met a few times on the pitch and he wasn't even French. It was actually probably his third or fourth game and um, in, in France for Gerard, but, uh, well, you can find it on YouTube anyway. Yeah, Damien, but just to explain to everybody listening that my debut for Toulouse, yeah, you can find that video on uh, YouTube. You know what was going from my mind? I was still angry from um, leaving the World Cup in 2011 when we got kicked out in the quarterfinal by Australia. So I definitely had something to prove. And also I wanted to make a great impression, you know, just the fans in France, just amazing, the atmosphere, the vibe, that was just unbelievable. Damien, we need to wrap things up, all right? So I just want to ask you one more question. Is something which we should have touched based on in the beginning. But really, honestly, thanks for joining me. I really enjoyed this. I think we're going to be doing more of this because I think there's so many topics we haven't even covered. And especially for those of you guys that are listening tonight or today, you know, if there's any questions that we have not answered, please send me a DM on Instagram or you can contact Damon as well on Instagram, DA Rugby Agent, and we can create other podcasts specifically to educating you guys, making sure you have all the right information. So quick thing, Damon, just uh, if you can just clarify just in terms of the salary, because a lot of players have been lost in the past. In between net and brute, they get told this is how much they're going to be earned. And then when they get to France, they earn way less. So if you can just clarify that quickly to finish off this discussion. I was about to say this is the topic uh, we should have discussed earlier. Um, well, in France, it's the structure of a contract of a salary is very different. So uh, to try to be uh, quick and simple, first thing, so you have a salary that might be break down into different uh, amounts. So it's really hard to read the, the contract in French. You can use Google Translate. You won't understand. That's why you need somebody that can speak both language uh, to explain to you properly. Um, without even going too far into details of how we can do a contract and is the image right and everything. Very simple. In France, there's a difference. So on your contract, you have what we call the salary brut. And then you, you, you what you're going to get is a salary net. There's a difference of, uh, on an average, of 23% in between both. Well, obviously going down. Um, it's because in France, you pay publicly. We have a great public system with uh, uh, social security, unemployment fund, retirement fund, and everything, formation fund. So you pay for that. Those 23% is actually, you, you don't get it. You, the club um, is paying on behalf of you. So you get a net salary. And after that, on your salary, you're going to pay income tax and you need to be really well explained everything to know exactly what you're going to get. Because I've seen players thinking um, and even coaches uh, without giving away names thinking, oh, I thought I signed for, let's say, 10. No, no, but 10, uh, 10 brute is actually, uh, let's say, around 7.7 uh, net. And then after you pay tax and maybe let's say if you're single and you are the highest bracket of tax, Maybe you don't you, you get let's say a five or four point five, so which is way less than the ten you thought you signed for. So you need to make sure that the agent or the club or whoever is your link in France explain to you exactly what you're gonna earn, when you're gonna have to pay tax, what what is for what, and you need to have a lot of clarity on that. If no, you're gonna feel uh, you've been uh, stolen when the club won't understand because the club will speak brute because they want to know how much they spend and they pay the brute. 
But you, you want to know what's in your pocket every month. And that's the most important for you to know. There's a big difference. Last thing that's important to add, the main benefit, I'd say, in France is, especially for foreigners, in general, not all the time, but in general, clubs are, are giving accommodation fee, uh, paying for flight tickets, giving a car. So uh, sometimes even a re relocation fee for the, for the biggest clubs. So th there can be a lot of benefits, but everything yeah. has to be explained really properly and in details. You cannot come and not be sure of how much you're going to get every month uh, be because you need to plan for, for your own life as well. Awesome. Thanks, David. But listen, we need to get going. You also have another call to get on. Thanks for the explanation. So, guys, if you want to get in touch with Damien, just send him a DM on Instagram, dear rugby agent, or send me a DM as well, Gigi Stenkamp. I'll add his website and also his Instagram handle to the description of this podcast. Damien, thanks for joining us tonight and uh, look after yourself. And thanks for everything you're doing for players here in France, especially the foreign players. I know you're a big advocate for them. So uh, is there any other last message you would like to share with the players before we sign off? Well, first, uh, thank you, G, for giving me the opportunity to, to explain uh, to people that will listen. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out uh, as much as possible. I uh, answer to questions and uh, help uh, when it's possible. And, uh, well, the, the best thing uh, you can do for yourself if you want to come play in France, give your best wherever you are now in training, in games, and uh, don't worry, people will see you. Awesome. Thanks, Damien. But listen, you keep well, brother. Get a touch. Boom. <laughs> wow. That was a lot of information. How awesome was that? So, guys, if you're a rugby player or a coach and you would like to play or coach in France, I would definitely advise you to reach out to Damien. I've added his Instagram profile as well as his rugby agency profile in the description of this podcast but you can reach out to him da rugby agent okay guys so if you have enjoyed this podcast and found it useful please share it with your friends rate my podcast leave a review and take a screenshot of it that would be really awesome anyway guys i hope you guys have an awesome day or evening wherever you are in the world and remember this Go all the way. Chase your goals. Chase your dreams. And remember, hard work beats talent every single day. Right, guys, that's me. I'm Coach G, and I'm done speaking. Get a touch.